It's Wednesday, January the 5th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, more evidence of Omicron's mildness and vaccine rows in France and Australia. First, the world in brief. The World Health Organization said there is growing evidence that the Omicron variant of COVID-19 causes relatively mild symptoms. Nevertheless, China totally locked down Yuzhou, a city of 1.1 million, after discovering three asymptomatic cases. By contrast, Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, said he hoped to, quote, ride out the current wave without further restrictions. Meanwhile, France's president declared his strategy is to, quote, piss off the unvaccinated in his country. Novak Djokovic, the world's top-ranked men's tennis player and a vocal anti-vaxxer, received an exemption from vaccination rules, allowing him to participate in the Australian Open later this month. The decision sparked fury down under. Australia has endured some of the world's toughest COVID restrictions. Tennis Australia insisted that Mr Djokovic's medical exemption was granted following a rigorous review process. Toyota became America's top-selling carmaker in 2021, ousting General Motors, which had held the number one spot since 1931. The Japanese firm outsold its Detroit-based competitor in America by about 114,000 vehicles, with sales up by 10%, compared with a slide of 13% at GM. Toyota has weathered the chip shortage better than its rivals. Meanwhile, Sony, a Japanese electronics-come-entertainment giant, said it would set up a subsidiary to produce electric vehicles. North Korea conducted what appeared to be its first ballistic missile test since October by lobbying an as-yet-identified projectile from its east coast into the sea. On Friday, in a speech to mark his ten years in power, Kim Jong-un, the country's dictator, had promised to modernise North Korean weaponry. UN resolutions prohibit it from conducting such tests. The number of migrants crossing the English Channel from France tripled to more than 28,000 between 2020 and 2021, according to analysis of British government data by the Press Association. A lack of cooperation and trust between Britain and France and a tendency to use migrants for political point scoring has made handling the problem difficult, with occasionally deadly results. A record 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs in November, according to the Department of Labour. Job openings also remained high, though they decreased slightly from 11.1 million in October to 10.6 million. High job dissatisfaction, part of the so-called, quote, great resignation, and stiff competition for workers, meaning more poaching, have increased labour market churn. The trend may last for some time yet. OPEC Plus, a group of oil-producing countries, will increase production by 400,000 barrels a day in February. The same rate of increase it has maintained since last August, despite calls from America to pick up the pace. Last year it had agreed to reach pre-pandemic production levels by September. 
the group expects the impact of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 to be mild and short-lived. And fact of the day. One billion shekels. $370 million. How much Israel's government will spend on thousands of new homes and infrastructure in the Golan Heights to double its population by 2030? And now here's today's agenda. China's zero-COVID strategy comes under pressure. In most countries, a COVID-19 caseload in the low hundreds would be a welcome relief. More than one million infections were recorded in America on Monday. On the same day, China's tally was 108. But there, that is enough to send cities into lockdown. On Tuesday, Yuzhou, a city in Henan province that is home to 1.1 million people, went into full lockdown after three cases were reported the day before. The centre of China's current Covid surge is Xi'an, the capital of Shanxi province. The city of three million people has been locked down for nearly two weeks and has recorded more than 1,700 cases since early December. Residents have complained of food shortages. Since March 2020, the Chinese government's zero-Covid strategy, with tight border restrictions and draconian domestic measures, has mostly been successful. But it has stumbled against the more transmittable Omicron variant. Despite lockdowns, the virus is spreading. More than 175 additional cases were reported on Tuesday. Clashes over airwaves in America. AT&T and Verizon customers, hoping to experience blazing fast internet speeds on their phones, will have to wait a bit longer. America's largest mobile carriers were supposed to launch a new sort of zippy fifth-generation 5G services on Wednesday. But under pressure from America's Federal Aviation Administration and the White House, they agreed not to flick the switch for two weeks. The government is concerned that the radio spectrum these 5G services will ride on interferes with the avionics on some ageing aircraft. It had been preparing to issue flight restrictions. The two firms and the Federal Communications Commission insist that the technology is safe and have offered to limit the power of their airwaves, as French mobile networks did. A fortnight's pause may prevent a clash for now. But both companies will be keen to get their services off the ground as soon as possible. No end in sight to Sudan's troubles. On Sunday, Sudan's Prime Minister resigned in despair after barely six weeks in office. Abdallah Hamdok had taken the post reluctantly after being released from detention and reinstated the same army that had deposed him in a coup on October 25th. His efforts to persuade General Abdel Fattah al-Bahan, the army chief, to support democratic reforms failed. Nor could he prevent soldiers from mowing down pro-democracy protesters in the streets. More than 50 have been killed since October. While Mr Al-Bahan searches for a pliant Prime Minister, campaigners have vowed to keep up the pressure on the military regime until it falls. On Tuesday, mass protests resumed after two protesters were killed by security forces on Sunday. 
Most aid and loans to the country have been suspended while the army forces are in charge, meaning that the dire state of the economy will only worsen. There is yet more horror to come for Africa's third biggest country. The future of Elizabeth Holmes The verdict may be in, but the Elizabeth Holmes story is far from over. The head of Theranos, a phlebotomy startup that promised unprecedented diagnostic technology using only a few drops of blood, was on Monday found guilty of four counts of fraudulently deceiving investors. She was acquitted of four more charges, with the jury unable to decide on a further three. She's awaiting sentencing. Her lawyers will probably appeal and the jury's deadlock on some charges may lead to another trial. But it is not just legal loose ends that will keep Miss Holmes in the news. Her tale of Silicon Valley hubris, a Stanford dropout whose company could not live up to its hype, burst out of the courtroom and into the popular consciousness. Throw in her claim that Theranos' chief operating officer, Ramesh Balwani, manipulated her, and there are the makings of a Hollywood film. In fact, one is currently in the works. Political video games in Brazil Candidatos, a Brazilian video game, offers players an unusual way of engaging with politics by forcing the country's politicians into hand-to-hand combat with each other. One avatar, Bolsonaro, is a dead ringer for Jair Bolsonaro, a right-wing president. Lulo is a carbon copy of Luis Inácio da Silva, the leftist ex-president, known to all as Lula, who was Mr Bolsonaro's main rival in October's forthcoming election. The game has been bought some 150,000 times since its release in late 2020. It joins a growing number of meme-like titles by independent developers in Brazil, whose main purpose is to mock politics. Their popularity is partly the result of the country's unusual gaming scene. Bans on imports in the 1980s and high taxes ever since helped independent games to thrive. It is also a reflection of Brazil's occasionally farcical politics, the depths of which were revealed by a huge corruption scandal in the 2010s that implicated nearly every political party. Winter Quiz, Week 4 the battle with our baristas continues. As in previous weeks, we'll serve you a new question each day. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Wednesday. At which university were four students killed by the National Guard in 1970? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Jean-Baptiste Say, who was born on this day in 1767. The sea and wind can at the same time convey my neighbour's vessel 
and my own. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.